Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. In this podcast, I sit down uh, with Aga Kimgalena and speak to her about novel research that she did back in her bachelor's. It was absolutely incredible to learn more about uh, the research that's been done on the inflammatory aspects of trauma in the form of allergies, if you will. And so have you ever thought or wondered why you have allergies and other people don't, or when allergies mysteriously appear or disappear, why? Well, we in this conversation with Aga, I get to kind of hone in on, on the spiritual side of uh, the psychosoma and see when very clear, explicit bodily reactions happen, what perhaps they can be tracked to. So listen into her sweetness, her vulnerability, and uh, the way that she reflects upon her own journey. Okay, so here we are. I'm here with Aga, um, who came to my attention because she was the author of a study that was a bit groundbreaking uh, in looking at the root of many allergies as being more or less early childhood trauma. Um, and that's relevant to me in my life um, and my my effervescent uh, cashew allergy, which we can talk about if you want, Aga. Um, mm-hmm. But also it's I, I find it incredibly um, obvious once you kind of sit with it and you're like, oh, wait, okay, if a traumatic event happened, your psyche and your entire um, psychosoma, right, your body as well went into a state of shock or reaction to that which was around and the result, the direct result of that um, was that there was some kind of um, inflammatory response, we'll say, from the body to resist. And whenever that chemical, anything that was in the environment at that time revisits, then your body goes into a response to repel it or to keep it away. So that was what I understood from the work. And I'd love to hear from you, Aga, what, what that work meant to you, what brought you to it. And a little bit, we, maybe we can start with your personal history as well. Okay. Uh, so hello, everybody. And um, hello, Andy. And thank you for inviting me for this interview. It's a great honor for me to be here and to talk to you today. Um, so, so basically, it's just the situation what brought me into you know into doing this work is my own situation um, um my background is um uh, i've been a nurse uh, of many many years i've been living and working in england uh, so i'm familiar with the way that medical systems uh, system works however when i me and my daughter found myself in serious difficulty because of the trauma i find that the the medical system had its own limitations basically um we we uh, they <laughs> they we were offered treatments which were in a way um in many ways life-saving because obviously you know if you've got asthma if you've got allergies and you when you receive asthma medication or uh, sort of immunosuppressive medication they they are very helpful in extreme cases but they were not really 
in my opinion, dealing with the, the root cause um, of the problem. And obviously, I've um, so yeah, so um, this is when when I, when when you've got a child and you find that your child is in a very difficult um, situation and you start looking around and you're not finding what you're needing then it kind of uh, brings you into the position of looking for for um, for inventing things yourself and asking the questions and trying to find better ways of, of dealing with the problem. And this is basically how I came to discover what I came to discover. And eventually I decided to write about um, my findings uh, as a part of my um, university and study. <laughs> so I don't know whether that kind of answers the question. Yeah, do you come from, so, so you're a nurse I hear. Um, and do you traditionally come from an academic background or a background of medical research at all? Or how did you come upon doing this more research? Uh, I, I, I have done bachelor, this was part of my bachelor of science um, degree. And basically that was the, the project which I picked up as my final dissert, dissertation. And it passed with a flying colors. Everybody loved it. They found it um, truly amazing. Um, and obviously, like you would do if you never heard of the concept of trauma before, because like, you know, I've been doing this work for like maybe five years before I actually ended up, I knew those things five years before I actually ended up writing about them. Um, but, um, but um, yes, um, I'm sorry, I, Andy. Um, yeah, I've yeah. lost my track. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So um, from what I understand, it's so this was your bachelor's research. Yes. That you're doing. Yes. That's amazing. And can I ask about um, if you remember any academics that you found or if anyone else was doing this research? It seems super novel. Maybe there was one other source or something that um, that you were able to uncover. Or what did you find if you could just walk the audience through the, the research process? Okay, uh, so the the research is a rapid evidence assessment, um, and um, I basically search for all the available um, articles which would meet the criteria for the research. You know, at at that time, and to be honest, I didn't find that many of them that would exist because you would have um, you would have information, for example, on um, um, asthma and uh, and trauma. However, in, as we know, asthma can have different origins. So I had to wheeze from all these tons of information. The research which is particularly focusing on on allergies and trauma, um, and there wasn't that many of those um, papers. I I selected from from you know many potential ones i only selected about nine uh, that were fitting my uh, research criteria and only five of them were actually papers which were researching the subjects of allergies and trauma all the other ones were uh, for example like co um, they, 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 they were still relevant, but they wouldn't go all the way. So they would, for example, focus on uh, PTSD and, um, and allergies or um, prevalence of allergies in 
in like bipolar or addiction uh, sufferers. And we now know that obviously bipolar and addiction can be triggered by, um, by, by, by trauma. Um, also like other, other papers which were like indirectly um, relevant to my topic, but I was able to, to use this information and basically use some other research to prove that this paper is still relevant um, and it's still, you know, just to basically argue that the case that there is a possible connection and we should look more into the subject. And how many years ago did you publish this? When did you graduate from undergrad? Um, that was written in 2018 and basically, okay. oh, I don't remember when I published this. Let me just have a look. Um, 2020. 2018 is when you wrote it. Got it. Um, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay. And have you seen any other research in the field? People responding to this and making a splash? No, this was all my own part of the university. And after, basically, I tried to find, um, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I find out it's not very easy to publish an article, although I've sent it to many newspapers. Uh, majority of them were not really interested. So this is why I decided to uh, put it up in a, in a book format. Um, and I just left it for people who are searching Um because obviously you do need to arrive at certain level of understanding to start even considering those ideas <laughs> because otherwise it's like yeah yeah, yeah. When you are not ready you will just not look into it yet so so this yeah. is why i put it up for, for people who may need wow. it <laughs> okay beautiful and um so what do you recommend as a course of action? Do you, I, I mean, I think I saw on maybe your personal website or so that you also practice family constellations, which is something I facilitate as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of the, the more seemingly esoteric work, but direct work in the morphogenetic field. Um, but in terms of trauma and psychosomatics, which is a, a significant part of the work that we do at the Institute for Aliveness, um, what kind of somatic work do you recommend people do or do you recommend just talk therapy or what is the recommendation that you would kind of give um my personal recommendation is to try whatever you can try um and do whatever you can do because what works for one, one person may not necessarily prove effective for the other um obviously there is like research there is something which is known like um it's called bottom-up approaches and um, up to the bottom, I think, I don't, I, I'm so sorry if, if, if my English phrase is not in the right place. So you can, you can work with trauma uh, basically from different angles. So one is addressing um, trauma, which is stored directly in the body. And I'm also like a cranial sacral therapist. So you can access the trauma, which is stored there. You can feel it on a uh, on a bodily um, level, and obviously you've got approaches like uh, somatic experiencing um, and other you know other <laughs> types of like uh, other modalities like focusing, for example, where you can feel inside your body and access the trauma uh, from um, from that way. Um, you can also work with trauma through uh, your um, uh, obviously talk therapies um, you know different people find different things which work for them and it's basically just going out there and trying what's the best for 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 um for you yeah yeah so our approach at the institute for aliveness is an understanding that um all humans have trauma 
Mm -hmm. uh, that this is an innate part of the human experience, that there is um, complex trauma or capital T trauma, more severe trauma that um, individuals experienced in childhood, which often had to do with some form of abuse, whether physical or verbal or sexual, um, or perhaps just growing up in a war-torn territory or even, um, you know, being raised around alcohol, alcoholism, drugs, drug addiction, uh, that all of these things had a tremendous effect upon the child, even parentification where the, the child had to act as the parent, that those are capital T complex trauma and that there would often be um, cases like you're saying of allergies or certain things in, in those situations. And I want to hear a little bit about even for little T trauma that everyone had, which shapes our character, which allows us to um, survive for want of a better word in the world um, what has been the healing path for both small T and capital T trauma that you've seen in relation to allergies? And if you want as well to tell your own story. Um, so for me personally and for my daughter, uh, so obviously we have tried uh, numerous approaches. And, uh, you know, when you are in a position where you are terribly unwell, you will use whatever you can use to make yourself better. So, so. As I mentioned before, you know, standard medical treatment has its benefits, uh, huge ones, because, you know, at the time when you are severely traumatized and severely allergic, that might be the only thing that is currently keeping you alive for a while. Um, then, uh, obviously, um, it's got its own limitation because the medication, um, it kind of just works on managing the symptoms, but it doesn't apart from like desensitization, it doesn't do much to actually help you to um, get better and heal. Um, so we personally used a lot of family constellation um, to work, um, somatic experiencing, um, then uh, like massage, craniosacral, a type of uh, body work um, and also which is quite good and um, it's um, Franz Rupert um, work I don't know whether you've heard of this it's called IOPT uh, which is it works in a similar way to family constellation but um, rather than looking at the family system it focuses on your internal trauma so so the idea is when you get traumatized your psychology your psychology uh, or your emotional well-being gets split into different parts and you end up with this like healthy eye which sometimes people may also refer to um, as inner child if the eye has been like traumatized at the very uh, young age this is how generally it would appear um, in treatment um, then you have a traumatized part, which is the part which holds all the pain and the bad memory, which we, which we don't want to feel. And then you've got the part which is responsible for all the coping mechanisms um, of uh, like, you know, addictions and all the diseases, um, you know, emotional misregulation and just everything else which you might do, which is not very helpful to you, <laughs> but in a way serves the purpose to keep you not feeling the trauma so so those are the main approaches which which um i found helpful and the, the amazing thing um about those approaches is like because obviously you can send a very small child which is a two years old into a therapy um, those approaches are 
<laughs> so magnificent that they allow me as a parent to actually work on my behalf and on behalf of the child and they do take effect um they they, they have helped us tremendously so tell me more about what that means they've helped you tremendously and also how old perhaps was your daughter if you say from two years old um i say so again how old was my daughter when well so you're saying that you use this for you yourself and your daughter and if you can, if you can work with a child as young as two, is that was your daughter very young when when you were doing this work? And what were the explicit kind of results, if you will, um, in terms of shift in allergies or or anything else? So uh, yes, I did start doing this work uh, quite early, and um, at the beginning, I was in a very bad state myself. So majority of the work which I had to do was directed on me. And then eventually, as I improved, I was able to be in a position where I could look at some of the things which, which my daughter was dealing with. Um, and I can only just, obviously, this is just uh, something which I've observed, like at the beginning, when we started, my daughter had to take um, asthma tablets. She had to take regular asthma inhalers. Uh, additionally, uh, she had um, um, things, um, uh, other yeah, regular inhalers, additional inhalers, things for her nose, uh, things for her skin, um, things for her tummy. So basically, we had massive bodily reaction to allergies from every single direction. And after, once I went for um, a session, family, it was a family constellations uh, session. And after that session, when I came back, um, my daughter just within two weeks or a month just came off her uh, tablets. So she managed to reduce the dose um, of the medication. Um, and it's also like with the severity of the symptoms. Um, another time, I remember she had very bad, um, very bad allergy to dust mite. And I remember being so traumatized and so feeling so helpless, crying. Um, I had to clean my house every two days cover it, clean everything. We, we bought special like air filters so she could breathe and she would still be terribly unwell. With everything I did, she would be, be unwell. And obviously, um, and, and that as well, we managed to work through that. Um, we managed to work through that out. So at the moment, she's, she's kind of still taking some medication, but she's functioning nearly as a normal child and obviously the, our work is still ongoing but but um i'm hopeful <laughs> that we might be able to so it was specifically more allergies with your daughter allergy yes allergies but we also have like other health problems which we have to deal with as well so but mainly allergies yes okay. and for yourself was it it was also allergies that brought you to this work no, it was mainly obviously healing from complex trauma, post-traumatic stress, and um, you know the emotional dysregulation which which that has caused, and um, and we both sustained such a such a trauma that we both became very sick. So uh, it's obviously I haven't been dealing with allergies, but uh, you know from 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 a moment of being from the uh, I became sick as well similarly but in a different way to to uh, to my daughter mm. yeah, so. and where were you born uh born, i was born in poland 
In Poland, okay. And you've been living in the UK for how long? Uh, for over 20 years, but now I am back in Poland. <laughs> so That's just, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so this, both of you sustaining the trauma, it was when you were together? Is there, are you comfortable to talk about that or would you be willing to? Yes, I was, uh, I was three months pregnant. So we had the, we experienced the same trauma, but our body responses and reaction and how it affected us became uh, different because obviously my daughter was still very undeveloped. And I would say that, um, her 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 the way she was affected by it was was more more severe although yeah it's just just different way i didn't uh, develop allergies but had any other health symptoms which started all coming up at once because of um the, the fact that the, the trauma just affected our immune system so it's just just wouldn't function as well as uh, it, it would in a healthy person so. Okay. Mm. And in terms of the specific type of trauma, I don't know if you've been exposed to the work of Dr. Hammer. Probably you have German, mm. German New Medicine. No, I haven't heard of him actually. Yes. Okay. You have to. It's a significant treatise on psychosomatics, perhaps one of the most mm -hmm. significant um, in a very different way than the work, let's say, of Louise Hay, which mm. is a bit more esoteric, belief-based. Um, this is work where there's a specific... Uh, traumatic shock that mm -hmm. happens and assaults the system and Dr. Hammer says uh, or said when he was still alive that um, it then translates to a certain organ system response and often uh, then when cancer arises it, it's a direct root of this um, this traumatic shock that happened um, and depending upon the type of shock or the type of trauma, if you will, it manifests in a different organ system or a system of the body. Um, have you done any correlation work with that, with types of allergies and, and whatnot? Or? Correlation work with the types of allergy my, my daughter had and the type of trauma. Yeah. Um, yes, and... No, I have been setting up in the family constellation um, some allergies. And I think this was the dust, my allergies. This was when that, that was that was in a way like the only one I I have set up. Yes, so that's the only one I kind of looked at. The other ones, um, to be honest. Uh, I didn't get around to it yet. <laughs> we just had, we've been so busy with all this trauma work and healing. And it's like the more you look into it, the more you find out you, you need to face. So I've just been basically dealing with the, whatever is the most urgent. Um, so if the issue doesn't become urgent, I in a way leave it <laughs> until, it, it, until I, I have to look at it. So, yeah. And you're practicing family constellations are you also practicing you said uh cranial sacral and somatic experiencing is that uh no i'm not a i'm not a somatic experiencing practitioner but i've obviously used it to to to, to heal myself Beautiful. yeah okay um okay well 
in in this work, let, I mean, we can take me as an as an example. Um, when I was first exposed to your work, and I was actually told about it by uh, my dearmoring teacher, who's also on this this season of the podcast series, Suzanne Rousgard. I don't know if you've come across her work. No, mm-hmm. well, she knows she knows your work, which is very. <laughs> Um, because she referenced that um, trauma gives birth to allergies. Um, and uh, she referenced your name when I asked where that research came from. So that's lovely. I'll, I'll let her know. I'll send her this episode. Uh, <laughs> but she does um, excellent, I mean, excellence, even an understatement, really very needed, powerful uh, somatic work in a field, a new new field, highly under-regulated and very little theory called de-armoring. Uh, and her method, the Gaia method, is something um, explicit in and, of, in and of its own. Um, and yeah, I don't, I mean, I haven't noticed any shifts with that and my own allergies, um, specifically around cashews, pistachios, hazelnuts, Brazil nuts, these idiosyncratic nuts. Um, but I do know that uh, my capital, my my sorry, my lowercase t trauma, my um, not anything more than you know a normal child would face in their lifetime, um, whatever normal means. But uh, I would be exposed to arguing, let's say, uh, between my parents that many people are when I was little, and I do know that my parents um, loved eating bags of mixed nuts and specifically cashews. And so it would be absolutely uh, no surprise to me if there was a certain um, allergic factor there from some small instance that might have happened between them. Um, What would you expect to see? So let's say um, in my work, what, what tends to happen is I... I do so much self-inquiry and so much inventory of my own childhood and the formation of my thoughts, beliefs, and ideas, my outlook, my worldview. And this is a lot of the work that we do as well at the Institute for Aliveness is um, taking individuals on the hero's quest to do that work where they get to do self-study in a contained environment. And um, in relation to something like this, I find that I have lots of mental work all lined up. And then when I can get in the somatic Uh, space either with a practitioner one-on-one or training with my teacher that it's like all of the things that were lined up ready to be unraveled all of a sudden have space to find their way Um, and as Peter Levine might say from somatic experiencing complete the cycle of expressing what wasn't expressed Um, and so would you from the research that you've done would you expect that um, I would kind of come full circle and and be able to, as it were, heal or cure my my nut allergy? Um, Now, from my experience, the healing, it's it's not something which is up to us. It's like we cannot force it. The -hmm. only thing which we can do is to show up for the work every single time and take whatever we are given at the same time. And um, it's the way it works, like sometimes you've got the issue and you go with this issue to a, a practitioner and beautifully, it, you, you, you are lucky, it shows up on a, um, in a session, you work with it and then you feel that the issue is, is resolved. Yet there are some issues which might take you years 
So you might want to work with them, but somehow it doesn't happen. The time is, 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 is not there. And um, it's basically uh, with the healing work is, 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 is never giving up. Going with, with whatever you, um, with, uh, going at the speed which you can, working with, with whatever you can. Um, and <laughs> the interesting thing is from, from my experience is like when you've got the main goal, for example, if, let's say healing those um, food allergies. I don't know whether other people, obviously, whether this happens to other people, but my personal experience is that I had to heal everything else which was not, which I thought was not relevant to my main goal. So I would have to heal this trauma, that trauma, that trauma, that trauma, that trauma. And the one which I wanted to heal is the one which, in a way, appears the last. Um, in the meantime, like other traumas come up and show, show, uh, um, show themselves and I have to look at them because they became urgent. They just come out and it's like you can't avoid them, so you have to deal with them. Um, but the thing is with allergies, um, the important thing is also to remember, and it's like whatever we think is causing the problem generally is not it. Because if you really knew what was causing the problem, then the problem would, in a way, heal or resolve. Um, and um, I've learned not to work with what people think, but I actually um, follow the field. And when the work is truly well done, it's generally always surprising. And you, 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 you leave the session feeling that Yes, it's touched the right place, but you might not necessarily know mentally what that place is. You just feel it on, on a bodily level. Yes, this is the, the right spot. And you know it's made the difference, but you might not necessarily have mental understanding or recollection because this is the, the, the nature of the trauma is like you very often lose the memories and you don't, you don't have the story. You just got like pieces of, of information which which don't necessarily fit with anything else and it's just collecting all those pieces and healing this piece healing that piece and putting it all together so it's not always a mental work which you can you can say so if you think it's because your parents did that and that i would argue maybe it's something more to that and you need to actually open yourself to something which you don't know and this is where generally you, you, you become ready for the next step in healing. Super beautiful. I love that parallel there um, between, you know, the, the trauma responses in one way protecting us from that which we can't yet handle. Um, and I always said that my cashew allergy was a blessing uh, being a plant-based person uh, because I never got into all of the raw food, cashew-based cheesecakes and things like that because I couldn't. And so it's um, it's interesting how there's a, a mirror there between it's it's protecting us um, until we're ready. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely track, I'll continue to track my cashew allergy. I mean, in the work that I do in clinic uh, with colon hydrotherapy, we do see um, nuts and seeds are largely undigestible. And so from a purely biophysical standpoint, I understand why the body would be allergic to them because it's not something that we're meant to be eating. It's not something that we're meant to subsist off of. Um, it's meant more for gramivores who can 
uh, germinate seeds and, and process um, those those plant parts. Um, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a toss up, but yeah, I mean, there's a, a beautiful treatise somewhere woven in here on sensitivity and um, in the work that we also do at the Institute with long-term fasting, we see sensitivity as, as really the compass, as that which is allowing us to find true north and guide us through. Um, and that many people in the modern world have numbed themselves or they don't notice. Right? And I think that that's a form of health. They're able to eat whatever, or do whatever, or uh, be around any kind of environmental pollutant, and there's no problem. Um, and yet it's the sensitivity, which is the hyper, in, in many ways, hypervigilance, uh, one could say from uh, traumatic experiences that has allowed us to be more aware or more, more acute and kind of builds a bridge to living more of an examined, mindful, aware life. If I may add something to, to that, um, I'm very happy that you actually mentioned the pollutants because um, obviously uh, I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to talk about this one because that's not the main subject of the uh, of the interview. But now you've mentioned it, if you allow me to kind of divert a bit from the topic. Obviously, as part of my research, I did find out that uh, some years ago the allergies didn't exist. And so the interesting thing is like 50 or 100 years ago, there were only very few people that had allergic symptoms. And ob obviously there is uh, also uh, something which is known like the allergy, um, like the allergies are, are mainly associated with the developed countries. And there, there is a research paper which describes, which, which, um, which looked at people who were living in non-allergic endemic areas all their lives, they basically had hardly any allergies. And from the moment of moving into the, uh, let's say, places like America, which are hard, hardly uh, industrialized, which are the endemic areas for, for allergies, within the 10 years, the risk of developing allergies was as if they were living in that country all your life. So what that tells us, trauma is trauma, and obviously it does have important things, but there are other factors which are crucial um, to, to, to allergies. And um, obviously things like, uh, you know, bodily pollution is like you can't expect, it doesn't matter how much trauma work you do, if you keep on being polluted by the air you breathe or by the food you eat, your body is just your body. It's not going to get healthy if you're giving it poison. Okay, so this is very important thing to to look at. Is uh, apart from the trauma work, is at your your diet. Is what you are really eating. Uh, you know, whether it's processed food, whether it's any additives, coloring, um, or uh, yes, lots of sugar. You know, it's like you have to address this 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 problem from every single direction you you. You can, and also um, another another thing which I find extremely interesting, which many doctors don't talk about, and I didn't actually mention this in in, in the research, but especially with my daughter, obviously she's been on uh, regularly monitored. Um, her lung function has been, despite of being on the in inhalers, has been always like thirty percent below what it needs to be at its best. Um, 
doctors would never find any issues, we would go for tests, or the te medical tests would come back as normal. Um, and obviously, this is like a controversial topic as well, I'm aware of, uh, because many people don't believe in it. But me, obviously, we were trying everything we could try. We went for, um, we went for uh, bioresonance check, which basically gave us uh, bioresonance, bioresonance. Okay, bioresonance, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, monitoring. And we left each of us with a uh, quite long list of different pollutants which were in our body, different parasites. And just to cut a long story short, the moment we, we started treating parasites, which according to the medical tests were not there, bioresonance as we had, we did lots of herbal uh, treatments for over many, many years. At one point, uh, my daughter went to the doctor after obviously being now cleared by the parasites according to the bioresonance, her lung function, the, the doctor was surprised because from like 30% below, it was 10% above what it needs to be, just because we cleared the parasites which supposedly were not there. Uh, so obviously, I know it's like those are my personal experiences and there's no scientific proof and many people would question that. But what I said is obviously when you are sick and you've got a sick child, you just need to try things out for yourself. And if it, it works on us, but there's no guarantee it may work um, on other people. So it's just giving it a go and just trying anything you can think of to see if it's got the effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's the hero's journey. It's the right, the innate growth path. And um, I love the timing aspect because we do find that as well with uh, food addiction and the work that I do with long-term fasting, that there's a significant um, mirroring of, of people who are ready to do it and people who aren't. And there's no forcing anyone into whether it's dietary change or long-term fasting as much as we can hold space and create a successful environment to yield a successful outcome. There's also the, um, the very real resistance, which rises up in individuals. And that resistance is part of the trauma response. It is part of the coping mechanism of living in a very, aggressive overt unnatural world and um yeah so there's there's a, a mirror there that you know you can't make someone do something before they're ready and that includes you can't make yourself do something before yes. you're ready so I love yes. that timing piece <laughs> it's very aligned with Suzanne Rosgard's work um her her slogan is things take time which is um very antithetical to um, a past version of myself. I wanted to be able to do it all <laughs> as soon as possible and squeeze it all in. Um, and so that's been a beautiful, beautiful lesson in my life for sure. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. So is there any, any kind of closing words, closing wisdom, closing thoughts that you'd like to share or any other topics that you'd like to talk about? Um, it's just, what I already um, mentioned, I just keep on doing the work, um, small steps at a time. Um, the important thing is following your intuition, trusting your 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 um, uh, your own uh, body and your own, um, as they say, your own guts um, <laughs> to show you the way. Um, because 
obviously healing is possible and they are amazing there's the stories of people healing from all kind of diseases um, but as we know some people heal some people don't um, and it's just there's lots of factors which which um, which contribute to 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 all of this but it's the important thing is to never give up because when it's difficult this is where you know that you are coming close to something which is really important because healing is never easy so when you knowing it's up the you, when you know it's up the hill for you that you know you're going generally towards the trauma or to something which which is there which is affecting your health um yes <laughs> Mm. And so when it's 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 a bit of a the arrow is pulled back before it shoots forward, when it feels like it's intolerable and whether it is the food that's aggressing you the most or whether it's a person or a situation that you just, you know, you hate the most and you think it's the worst that you're almost at the edge of a breakthrough is what is what I hear you saying. Yeah, it just gets better before it heals because it needs to come up. You need to see it. You need to before feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Beautiful. Super beautiful. Well, Aga, thank you so much for sharing time and space and sharing a little bit about your bachelor's thesis research. I really enjoyed it. And anyone can buy it on Amazon. Yeah, they search your name. Yeah, no? at the moment it's not actually available for sale because I had to move uh, my country. I had to move a country and I'm just kind of um I'm getting myself sorted in a new place and it's just for the still haven't worked out the ins and outs of paying taxes so I had to you know uh, stop um, my work from being sold at the time being until I get myself fully organized but uh, it will be available soon amazing yeah I was able to buy it I think late this summer and I have a copy of it so thank you for this work for the world I encourage any further research if anyone's an academic out there um and uh yeah if people want to get in touch with you they just search your name aga kim galena yeah uh, yes i think there is my email uh, which is available um on the website or you can find me on facebook um so i think that's the the best way to get hold of me the same way you did actually you just yeah amazing. via facebook <laughs> amazing 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 well thank you so much aga i wish you the best i send you a big hug to yes winter no. in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me for this interview and um, yeah good luck for your own journey and and thank you for the work which you do because obviously you do a lot of work as well I mm. could mm. yeah blessings <laughs> ciao okay thank you bye so how was it did you like it Thank you so much for listening and joining us for season seven of the Vitality Podcast with the Institute for Aliveness. It is my great pleasure to share these conversations and reflections and my lectures from all over the world with you in the comfort of your own home or on your jogging path or on your way to the grocery store, wherever you might be right now. At the Institute for Aliveness, we are here to hold higher standards for humanity, to kind of cast a light upon the path to evolution, personal evolution that involves much more than just the body or the mind, but really the cohesive, holistic nature, the robustness of who and how we are showing up as a human today and where our personal inventory of our past and what's made us the way we are from a neurological, neurobiological level 
to a physical level and to take agency for that and decide how we want to drive and where we want to drive in the future. And so there's no like to no day like today to fully embrace and take into account the agency for you and the life that you're living. It may be a beautiful one. We're sending you so much love here from Tifa headquarters, and we hope that you'll come and join us for a short course soon. I was listening to that for you. If you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good.